Everybody, thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Louisville podcast today. This is taken from our most recent service. If you find it to be a blessing, would you share it with somebody that you know would be blessed by it as well? You can find us on Facebook if you simply type in the Pentecostals of Louisville and on Instagram if you type in the same. Our service times are Sunday at 11 o'clock and Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And if you've never joined us in person for service before, we'd love to see you there. God bless you. have it say praise the Lord he put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field it is the smallest everybody say the smallest the smallest of all seeds but when it has grown it is larger than all the other garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds, but when it is planted, becomes a mighty tree. I want to preach you today, being offended by God or being offended by a small seed. Why don't you lay on your Bibles, lift your hands to me. God, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Let your will be done. Let your work be done in this place. Work on our minds and our hearts. In Jesus' name, let us delight in you today. Let us be your joy. Let us be your fulfillment. We want to let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says amen as you are seated. God bless you. Being offended at God. That's not a word you usually use towards you and God. Uh, we'd be offended at certain people. We'd be offended. There you go. That's some young vernacular. We'd be offended at certain people. You, be, you can be offended at your family, offended at your spouse, offended at your boyfriend or girlfriend, offended at a friend. But you never would have thought I've ever been offended at God. Offended at God's too strong of a term. How could I ever be offended at God? If you get offended by God, lightning strikes you and the ground opens up and you're dead. I should know if I've ever been offended because I wouldn't be here today, right? Offended by God is a subtle thing, though. It's very sneaky. You don't realize it. I'm constantly offended by God. So don't be weird. You are constantly offended by God. What does it mean to be offended by God? It is this thing. It is to ask God to do mighty things, to grow a mighty tree, to birth mighty fruits, and to say, God, do it. And then when weeks go by, you say, God, why is it not done? And God says, You know that 15-minute prayer time I said, if you had this every day, it would heal your mind. And now three months later, you're saying, God, you're not a healer, and God, you're not my peace. But I gave you a small seed, and you didn't plant it. You're offended in me. You wanted me to be mighty and great, but you didn't trust in such a small seed. You got offended. God, this is all you gave me. Being offended at God is, God, I have problems with my finances, but I don't understand this tithing thing. It seems crazy. It seems legalistic. It seems, it seems, it seems greedy, but I don't know why I have no peace in my finances. And God says, I gave you a small seed. It was unimpressive. took a lot of obedience. And you're asking me, why have I not moved? I like to watch things grow. I gave you a seed, and it becomes a mighty tree if it is planted. King of heaven is a mighty tree if. If it is planted, 
God, I want to have a good relationship with my family. I want to help my kids. But I don't know how to raise. I don't know how to have God in my home. But you didn't trust in a 10-minute before bedtime prayer meeting. You thought it took an hour every Tuesday. And so the years roll by and your kids can't pray and they don't understand what's going on. You didn't trust in a small seed. I didn't ask you to be great. I asked you to do a small thing. I didn't ask you to be mighty. I asked you to trust in a small seed. Blessed is he that's not offended in me. I will be mighty if you trust in a small, insignificant seed. If you plant it, it will grow mighty branches. Again, if heaven is like a mustard seed, the smallest seed. But when it is planted, it grows into a mighty, powerful tree. Being offended by God. Jesus was, went to Nazareth. He began to preach in his own hometown. He tried to heal people, tried to bless people, tried to change people's life, and they wouldn't accept it. And so he began to try to heal, and they said, is that not the carpenter's son? Is that not Mary's son? Didn't I go to school with his brother? Didn't I, wasn't I raised with his sister? I can't accept this man. And so he tried to heal, nothing happened. Why? Because they thought the Messiah would have a horse. He'd be like David. He'd have, he'd have physical armies and a mighty wall, and he'd be amazing, but Jesus came of no reputation. He came. He was not handsome, and he spoke. His clothes were not nice, and he began to try to move. The king of heaven is at hand, he said, and nobody wanted it. They wanted to be great, but he couldn't accept Jesus. Jesus came as a seed, and they were offended because they looked at the seed and said, it's not what I thought. It's not what I thought it would be, and Jesus could not become what he was supposed to be. But one day, the Bible says, he died for our sins on a tree because you had to let Jesus become the seed. It was crazy. The Bible was so crazy. I didn't know it worked for me. But one moment, I repented. One moment, I lifted my hands, and I planted this crazy thing called faith, and Jesus became a mighty tree of salvation in my life. Jesus couldn't become the tree if we didn't let him first become the seed. They didn't want Jesus the baby. They wanted Jesus the warrior, and they missed out. They were offended. It said they took offense at him. They took offense at him. The disciples were really confused because they knew Jesus was making everybody mad. They said, Jesus, why do you preach in parables? I see you preaching, and they're not understanding. You're, you're, you're turning people off. And he, he, he begins to use the parable of the sower. He said, what well, is like this? One seed was, was planted. Take this for me, brother. If I reach out to you, just take it from me. One seed was planted, and it fell on the road. And, and it would not take root because the road was not good grounds. And then I, I dropped seeds on ground that had rocks in it. It grew for a little bit, but it was choked out because there was problems on the inside. Another seed fell on good ground, but there were thorns on the top of the ground. It lasted a little bit, but it choked out and it died. But one seed fell on good ground. It burrowed down deep with good roots, and it had fruits, and it was a picture of salvation. He said, listen to me. I can't change the word. I can't change the truth. I actually preach this way so I can find out who's going to be good ground or not. He's saying, I'm just a seed, y'all. I can't change the Bible. I can't change how I walk and I talk. I'm going to find out when I start preaching and I start giving and I start dropping seeds if they want it or not. You're the ground. He's saying, I'm just a seed. Blessed is he that's not offended in me. Blessed is he that's not offended in me. He was saying, listen, 
I could change my MO. We could be more seeker-oriented. You know what happened? You know, he explains the parable. He said the first seed on the road is what happens when someone doesn't believe. And it sits there, and Satan comes and takes it with doubt. The second seed, it falls on rocky ground. It says it bursts. It happens quickly. Someone got saved. It happens quickly. But there's hidden problems on the inside. If you get the Holy Ghost today and you get baptized today, I promise you, you'll still have issues tomorrow. Because you got to let God have time to grow and take the rocks out. Every born-again person, I know you keep looking back the moment you got saved and you're waiting for it to happen. You've got to water it. you got to get the rocks out of the ground. you got to let it grow. He said the third seed fell on good ground but had thorns. He said the thorns represent worldly amusement, cares, and anxieties of life. It choked it out. He said, but the last ground, it was good. It was repentant. It was obedience. And I was able to birth salvation. It was amazing. I want you to realize, Jesus said, even at my best, Jesus, I have a one in four success rate. Even at my best, one in four people repent to Jesus' sermon. Even at his best, if he's lucky, one in four people receive a calling. One in four people have enough faith to be healed. Even at his best, even at his best, three other people don't get the sermon. They don't want to have what he has, even at his best. So let me ask you, why are you so afraid when you throw out seeds in your home, in your work, in your life? Just throw them out. They're the ground. You're not the ground. You're just a seed. Don't you be offended in your knowledge that God gave you? It's not enough. I just don't know enough. Throw the seed out. You can't make them good ground, but you can be a good seed. Throw the seed out. You keep sowing. You don't get weary and well-doing. You keep going, and if you stop, you're offended. Take this for me, sister. Let's take one for me. Parable of the talents. Jesus said, There's a man, a master, he had three servants. And he began to give talents out. I love how the word for talents in English means ability. Jesus knew what he was doing. It's a word, their word for money. He said, He gave one servant five talents, he gave one servant two talents, he gave one servant one talent. And he left. And the one with five said, thank you. And he invested it. You want one, sister. Bless God Almighty. He gave one five and he invested. Did I give you one yet? Oh, did I? Okay, well, good deal. He, he invested it. I'm just throwing seeds out everywhere. If you just take them. There's, there's sunflower. You could, you could nibble on them. But I don't know if God will honor that right now. <laughs> hey, don't lick your fingers. They'll be a little salty. Just bear with me. Use your faith. The one with five, you multiply it. Got five more. Why? Because he looked at what God gave him and said, I can do something with this. The one with two, you know, it's not as much as the one with five, but it said he gave each according to their own ability. He was not comparing this sister to that sister or this brother to that brother. He said, I will give you a calling. I will give you strengths and weaknesses. I don't ask you to be a mighty tree. I just ask you to trust in the seed. He gave one. One talent. One. He came back and he, he went and asked them, what have they done? I've been thinking, of, yeah, I was trying to find you there. I got lost in space where you were. He, he gave one guy one. And he came back 
And he said, what have you done? Roman 5 said, God, you are so good. You are so faithful. You gave me this and that and blessed me, and I took it, and I used it, and I got five more. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because you've been faithful over a little, I will make you a ruler over much. Number two walks up. God, you gave me two. I didn't complain that you didn't give me five. I'm so grateful for how you made me. I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life, and I used it, and God, I got two more. Well done, my good and faithful servant, because you've been faithful over small, I'll make you rule over much. But the guy with one rolled up and said, I know that you're a hard master, and I know you have expectations, but you only gave me one, so I got afraid. I didn't think it'd be enough, so I hit it, and he said, you wicked servant, and he cast him into outer darkness. The guy was just scared. The guy was just insecure. No. He was offended. We think that insecure. Listen, I'm a very insecure person. But God began to speak to me and say, you're offended. No, God, I'm just self-deprecating. No, you're offended. No, God, I just have insecurity. No, you're offended. I formed you before you ever knew what was going on. I saw you being knitted together in your mother's womb. I knew your name before you ever were created. I gave you every weakness. I made your body. I determined your hair color. I determined your eye color. I made your voice. I made your hands and your feet. I made you what you were supposed to be. And if you ever look back at me and say, God, I'm not a enough I can't do enough I haven't given enough I see you as offended don't be offended in the seed that is you you better plant your life you better plant your hope you better plant your confidence because you are the easiest seed to be offended about you are the easiest seed to be offended about now I get careful when I go complaining to God about me I get real scared. I get real careful. I still tell God my fears and doubts, but I make sure at the end of it, I say, God, I don't mean anything personal. Please, Lord, heaven, spare me. I I know I'm wrong. You read Psalms, David belly aches all the time. It wasn't true. See, when you read Psalms, David's like, God is mighty, and God is life, and God is love. The next chapter, Oh, God, you've abandoned me. Oh, God, you no longer hear me. God still heard him. God let us see David's humanity. He wanted you to see David go back and forth and back and forth. So when you read that thing, you can know, well, if David went through it, so can I. One day I've been abandoned, and one day I can't see you, but I trust you're still there. If David had ups and downs, then I can too. Blessed is he that's not offended in me. Blessed is he that's not offended in me. They say, the Bible says that faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. May I remind you, opening text, that the mustard seed is the smallest seed. But when planted, when planted, it becomes a mighty tree. A mighty tree. He said that faith the size of a mustard seed will move mountains. We do not know what faith is sometimes. Faith is not belief. Faith is not belief. Faith is belief plus obedience. I see God, I get interact with God. Faith is belief plus obedience. Belief is this. You look at the mountain. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Please move, please move, please move. Wish upon a star, Peter Pan, Disney magic. That's what, that's what belief is. I do, I do, I do. You know, they, they didn't have food. 
They were like, I do believe in fairies, I do, and the food, you know, it was magic. I was like, that wouldn't work for me. My blood sugar gets low, I'd have no belief. I'd be in the corner, like, freaking out. It would not work for me. Give me a real Snickers bar. <laughs> I need a real Kit Kat, Peter Pan. Back up, you and Tinkerbell. One of your, I don't want none of what you're selling. Magical food. I digress. I'm walking, don't get nervous. I'm passing out seeds. Faith is seeing God and obeying God. Faith the size of a mustard seed. That doesn't mean you stare at your mountain and you cry till your eyeballs fall out. It means that God will give you a small seed, a small act of devotion, a small act of consecration. He says prayer and fasting still works. He says purity and a pure home and a clean DVD drawer. He says it still works, somebody. He said, I will give you a small seed, and it is called faith. And if you plant it, here's what happens when you start trusting in the seed. You start planting it, and you'll fall so much in love with planting it. You'll forget about your mountain because you're so busy dropping seeds. And one day your mountain will be gone. And you'll look up and forgot it even happened. Because you were so wrapped up in planting one small step called faith in your life. And the mountains moved. And the mountains moved. Prayer still works. Devotion is the end-all, be-all. It is. It all comes back to our devotion. comes back to that one small seed. It is the end-all, be-all. We are very, 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 very careful about how we talk to God. If our devotion in our life is not consistent, then that'd be great. That'd be great. Just consistent. Because when we start complaining... God, I don't like my church. God, I don't feel God right now. God, I feel distant. I don't like my job. I don't like my friends. You just start, you just start dropping seeds, and they're not planted. And God is saying, if you would see all the seeds that you've rejected all around your feet, if you're saying that nothing's happening, but I keep planting one conversation. If you could just get an accountability partner, if you could just go shake the hand of that sister, you'd have the friendship you wanted. If you could just get involved in that small ministry, if you just shook a hand, if you just taught Sunday school, if you just came down to one altar call, don't underestimate the power of a small seed. Look at the seeds at your feet. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist was mighty. Jesus said that he was like Elijah. Elijah's a prophet. He was famous for calling down fire from heaven. One bad dude. John the Baptist was said to be like him. The greatest prophet ever lived, John the Baptist was. But you know, John the Baptist never did a single miracle. But I'm supposed to be like Elijah. No fire falling in your life, John. I was supposed to be mighty. No, no miracles. John the Baptist was the seed. He came to preach repentance so Jesus could preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was the tree. John was the seed. He came to be the seed, and he planted it. But John, one day, he got himself imprisoned, and he sent his disciples. And it says the disciples of John came to Jesus. Stop there. The disciples of John came to Jesus. They weren't supposed to be John's disciples anymore. They were supposed to be Jesus's. He said, behold, the Lamb of 
God, the one I was talking about. Everybody was supposed to get on board with Jesus, but they were still cleaving to the seed. They hadn't planted it and let it go. Let me give context. They were cousins. They, from their very birth, John was a miracle baby. He, he was a miracle. His mama shouldn't have had him only for the purpose of being the seed that introduced Jesus. John knows who Jesus is, y'all. So when he says to his disciple, Jesus, are you the one we're looking for or should we look for another? John is not having a crisis in faith about who Jesus is. He's throwing a shot. Are you going to be what I expected you to be? Behold the spotless lamb of God a couple years ago. They talked about it, most likely as teenagers. I'm going to open up. I'll never forget you. I'll never fail you. I'm going to be the best seed I can be. But now he's in prison. Are you going to be what I expected you to be? And Jesus told John's disciples, I know John's afraid. I know he's in prison. Tell him that I've healed the blind. Tell him that I'm going to raise the dead. Tell him about all the things I've done. And I want you to tell him, blessed is he that is not offended in me. What was John doing? John was sitting in a jail cell saying, you told me I'd be like Elijah, but I haven't won anybody. You told me I'd be amazing, but I haven't done anything you want me to do. I don't want to die yet. I got so much time left. God, I haven't been good enough for you. And Jesus is telling John, don't underestimate your life. You've been a seed. You've been all you're called to be. You are planted. Let me be the tree. I didn't ask you to be great. I ask you to trust in me, obey, and not be offended in me. And I believe in the final moments of John's life, when he heard what Jesus said, he said, I will not doubt. I will not negotiate. I will believe in what I've done. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to trust that one day my Savior is going to sit on a cross because I was the seed. Because I was the seed. What if your whole life was just to be the seed and your kids are the tree? What if your whole life as an apartment head is to be the seed and the person that takes it from you is the tree? What if your whole life isn't meant to be the seed? How would you treat yourself if you were just the seed? What happens with the prayer life that you have, mama, your kids have when they're 12? And it was hard for you to get there, but you planted a seed, and now it's second nature to them. What happens when you had to learn holiness for yourself, child of God, and raising this thing at 22? But your kids know it when they're seven because you were the seed, and they became the tree. What happens when this church is the seed, and 50 years from now, now there's a tree and its branches are wide and the building's different and miracles and signs and wonders are flowing. Can you not be offended in being a seed? Can you not be offended in being a seed? I'm not, I'm not done. I just want the musicians to be ready. I really don't know how this plane's going to land, so just bear with me. I want to read you something. You ready? I tell you this is revelatory. You ready? This is where we are. David, end of this chapter, Psalms 44, he's complaining. God, you've forgotten me. God, you've left me. God, you've went quiet on me. But David answered his own question to his own doubt early in the chapter. Here's what David said. Psalm 34, verse 1. Oh God, 
We have heard with our ears what our fathers have told us. What deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. I heard about Acts. I heard about Azusa Street. I heard about my grandmother seeing people get saved and they stay for the rest of their life. I've heard about tongues interpretation. I've heard about the dead being raised. I've heard about what you did for them in the days of old. I heard you were mighty in the 50s. I heard you were amazing in the book of Acts. I heard about it, but God, you're kind of asleep right now. God, you're not seeming to be what you could have been. What is going on? He says this. For with your own hand, your hand, God, you drove out the enemy. But the people of God, you planted. With your own hand, you drove out the enemy. But with the people of God, you planted them. You afflicted the enemy. You set the people of God free. Not by their own sword did they win the land. Nor by their own arm. You saved them. But your right hand and your arm is what protected them. And the light of your face. And because they were your delight. I don't, I don't know if you're. Philip had an angel show up one day. And said, go to this street. And the angel of the Lord told him, get in this cart. He got in the cart, and the eunuch had his Bible open, and he gave Philip the scripture, and he found the one person on a busy Tuesday that wanted to be saved. Ooh. Peter woke up one day and wanted some breakfast, and he had a vision about food. And Jesus told him that now non-Jewish people can be saved. He said, matter of fact, Peter, I already sent an angel to the one person I want you to win, and he's hungry. I found him for you, and I sent one of his servants to come find you. He's going to lead you. And when Peter got there, he preached the beginning of a sermon, didn't even get to the altar call, and they began to speak in other tongues. Let me tell you this. All you got to do is you got to let God plant you, you got to find his face, and you got to become his delight. It said he did amazing things because they were planted they found his face and he delighted in them when's the last time we thought about being God's delight when we want God to be ours what if it's counterintuitive what if everything we want God to grow in our life what happened if we just said, God, I want to be your delight. God, I want to be your delight. I want to find your face. And if I find your face, and I become the favorite part of your day. If I find your face, and 7.15 before I go to dinner, my little prayer time with you becomes the best part of, 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 of your day, God. I know God days and it, but listen to me. What happens if you make up in your mind, I will trust in what God gave me, and I will find his face, and I will become his delight. Do you go to your prayer room and say, God, I want to be your delight. Do you come to church and say, God, I want to be your delight. All you got to do is be planted, find his face, and become his delight. I want to share something pretty vulnerable with you, but I want you to put your hands on me first. God, we need you. We need your presence. We need your spirit. We need your gifts. We need your power. God, you are that still small voice. 
God, let your will be done. Let us be your delight in this moment. In Jesus' name. Brother Booney texted me. He didn't know in the middle of one of those prayer meetings, we were like, God, what am I doing? <laughs> Where's my life going? And I, I was asking God a lot of questions. The questions you thought you knew the answers, you knew answers to, that's what gets you the day. And then you're like, oh, why am I? Now sitting on that bench outside, it was like 96 degrees. And I was talking to God. I said, God, I, I, I'm a mess. I, I can't have peace in my day unless I do certain specific things. God, I have to have an hour of honesty. I can't use a prayer guide in that first hour. I can just come and let go. Because if I don't, I will carry a poison within me that will leash and affect everyone around me, God. That I've tried to be more holy. I've tried to use better words. But that first hour, it's a small seed that I believe is what you want me to do. I said, God, I only can read one chapter a day. I try to read more. I'm afraid I'm missing out on more what you have. I'm afraid I'm going to miss that one chapter for that one sermon, that one person. But you've told me you constrain me. Past one chapter to the condemnation. And it was a small seed. But when I plant that seed, you speak. <laughs> and when I try to do more, you don't speak. I said, God, I, I prepare my sermons a certain way. And can I do it quicker, more streamlined? I could. But I feel like the way you've asked me to do it, you delight in me. And I begin to draw my little journal. Each act of devotion that seems small and silly, but I know when I do them in a day, I find, I find life. And I drew it, and I imagined like a drill bit that's mining into the ground. And each, you know, curve of the drill was one of those acts of devotion. And I said, God, when I do these things, I feel like that drill bit hits the ground, and I connect to something beyond me, and I begin to draw like veins in the ground, like silver or gold, something beyond me, and the veins stretch so wide. And I said, God, though, what does it matter if I have a good day? What does it matter if I have peace? Am I helping anybody? Are there going to be miracles and signs and wonders? What does it matter? And God, I kid you not, told me, what did you just draw? He said, flip it upside down. When I flipped it upside down, I saw a tree. And its branches were so much wider than the little trunk of devotion. I know it sounds silly. I know it sounds childlike. But God spoke to me as I was crying like a baby in public on the side of Manslick Road. And God told me, Barrett, 
the first miracle that I will ever do through you, it has to be the miracle of you. It matters. Your joy, your peace, being like me matters. Because if I'm going to heal anybody, you got to be convinced that the greatest miracle you ever see is the miracle of you first. If God is ever going to use you to win anybody or heal anybody, you have to believe that God can never do better than what he did in me. That my prayer life is so much greater than if I raise the dead. Because if we think that you could win a thousand people and you could raise a cemetery and you think that will wow you, we have missed the point. But when you wake up for work and you know what's in your heart and you know what's going on in your mind and you find the miracle of you, there's a God that loves you. There's a God that speaks to you. And you're a fragile, insignificant seed. It matters Because nothing will wow you more than what he wants to do in you. I want you to stand as quickly as you can. There are seeds scattered everywhere right now. If you have one, I'm asking you to come down as I begin to pray. Bend a knee and plant. There are seeds scattered all across the front of this. I want you to find one. I want you to bend a knee. And I want you to plant. If you don't have one, I want you to come up here in faith. And I want you to grab a seed. I want you to find yourself a place. And I want you to pr- plant it. And I'm not going to start praying. I'm going to start interceding. And that's all it's going to be. And I want you to plant it. Because blessed is he that's not offended in me. Blessed is he that's not offended in a small seed. We're praying and we're fasting because we want to find his face and be his delight. And one moment of devotion can outdo a thousand church cards. One moment of devotion can make up for three years of trying to witness to them. One moment of planting a small seed and God will birth the tree. God, right now we need you. Right now let your glory fall upon this house. Right now, let us have your nature and your eyes and your ears. Let us hear as you hear. And God, I pray over every seed, every lost loved one. I pray over every conversation and every holiday that seems small. It doesn't mean I didn't get through the whole Bible study, but I mentioned Jesus. I pray over every calling that will never see a pulpit, but is a seed. I pray for every parent that the guilt of their youth can be overcome by the courage of knowing the seed I am planting today will change those after me. Why don't you lift your voice? Why don't you let God hear your cry? Why don't you be God's delight?
for all those that can. I don't want to interrupt anybody. If you have a seed, I want you to stand with it. I want you to hold it up. We'll use prayer cloths. It's not the cloth. It's not the oil. The oil represents the spirit. It's, it, the power comes from us. But I believe that God will honor a seed. And if we don't believe in small acts, small acts can do mighty things. But we get this. The miracles that will flow in our lives. Small things. So one last resounding prayer. I want us to make a covenant. I don't want to make a promise. I want to make a covenant. God said, don't, don't promise. Just let your word be this and that. But he loves covenants. Covenant says, I don't bank it upon me. I bank it upon God. A promise is, God, I'll do better. Covenant says, God, I know you'll help me. I know you'll help me do better. So with your seed in your hand, I cannot pray a specific enough prayer for your life and your need. We have so many different seeds right now. So you're going to have to have a moment of honesty while we're all praying. And you're going to have to tell God, what is the seed you are holding? And I want you to keep this thing as long as you can. I want you to put it somewhere that you won't forget it. I want you to, you can do whatever you want with it. But I want this thing to be there so when you see it, you'll remember I planted something. The beginning of August 2021. And I know that God is faithful and I will not be offended. Right now, let's go to God. God, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your faithfulness. We thank you for your passion for us and your love for us. And God, I believe that every need, everything, every situation, everything that your nature is going to flow in, that your love in your life is going to rush in, and that these seeds, if planted, will grow into a mighty tree. And God, mountains will move. We'll be so wrapped up in walking with you. Relationships, friendships, marriages, ministries, souls will be saved, miracles, signs, and wonders. Everything we've ever thought would be impossible will seem so likely. It will happen before we ever realized it. Because we were so fixated on one small seed. You don't grow a tree by staring and begging. You grow by planting a tree. You don't grow a church by staring and begging. You grow it by planting a seed. You don't grow a marriage by looking at it and complaining. You grow by planting a seed. You don't grow a heart and a nature and a prayer life by condemnation. You grow it by planting a seed. And today, God, we are planting it. I should have just said, thus saith, because I feel that's the word of God for somebody in here. You better receive that word. Jesus' name. 
such a sweet presence in this place. Would you put your hand on the person next to you if it's appropriate? Why don't you pray for somebody right now? Your spouse, your friend. God, grow the seed in their life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Why don't we thank him one last moment. We thank you, God, for what you've done. We thank you for what you've spoken. We thank you for what we've seen and believed, and so we'll plant the seed. We thank you for your sweet presence. We thank you for your delight. We thank you, Lord. place. One of the greatest honors that we have here or to see is when we baptize our children. And I am so, um, so proud for the Rebels family today. Little Michaela the, uh, has been asking about baptism and understands baptism and what happens when we're baptized. And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you for the remission of sins. And you, sh and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the word of the Lord. So we know that when we ask the Lord to forgive us, He forgives us. But when we're baptized, amen, those sins are remitted. Those sins are washed away today. That's Acts 2.38. So today, Brother Revels is going to get to baptize this little girl. And we're, we're, so, we're so proud for them. She received the Holy Ghost at camp this year, at junior camp. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute, we're trying to get Grandma up here. 
it's kind of fitting that Pastor Merritt was um, speaking about planting seeds. And as a parent trying to plant a seed that you hope, you pray, that somehow it would be planted in the hearts of your children and that they will follow what you've planted in them. And uh, my wife and I have been praying for our children, as all parents should and do, pray for their children. And we prayed that somehow things that we do, things we say, and the prayers that we pray in front of them and pray with them, and, and the way we worship and the way we come to church and we teach them and try to instill in them, plant that seed in them that it's important that you serve God with all your heart. That you give God everything that you can. And you, you devote your life to Him. And, and you, you say, God, I want to be used of you. But it can't be just words that we say. Or the, the seed never get planted. It has to be in our actions as well. The, the obedience to the word that we're showing them in our actions by what we do and not just what we say because it is important what you do oftentimes more than what you say and God filled her with the Holy Ghost two, about two weeks ago at camp now and that was exciting I, my wife FaceTime me and I got to see it happen right then. Couldn't be there, Kim, but got to see it happen. Now the seed is planted and I get to baptize her in the name of Jesus for the remission of her sins. I said, thank you, Jesus, that I planted a seed. My, my parents planted a seed in me and that seed grew and I, I now planted it in my children and the seed is growing. So Brother Barrett, this is what it is, the seed. Now it's up to her to take care of that seed and plant it in her children's lives. So, Kayla, began Joy, God has given you a Holy Ghost already. And I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And God is going to help you live a holy life in the name of Jesus. you appreciate you amen wednesday night 7 30 light for living bible study amen next sunday 
Amen. Got a special service plan. It's the week before our prayer and fasting. We're going to be gearing up for that. I love you. Amen. We'll see you this week. God bless you. Invite somebody to the house of the Lord.